Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Weekend Sober. This is Kim and Ketsia. We're so glad you're here. Today, we have a really special guest. Ketsia, why don't you take it away? Today, we have with us Luke. And you might know Luke on Instagram as Marathon to Sobriety. Welcome, Luke. Luke is a sober coach, a marathon runner, and a dad. And he's been alcohol-free for six years. This is so exciting. Yeah. Hey, Kezia. Hey, Kim. Thanks for thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Welcome. Um, generally, we we do have guests on here a lot. A lot of times, we just kind of shoot the shit. But it's so fun to have a sober man on here. We've only had one other, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you've had two. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool to hear the male perspective. And I know uh, we have a lot of ladies that listen, so they really actually appreciate this hearing from you. So thank you. Um, so yeah, so six years. You've been sober for six years. Yeah, that's right. I just had my uh, sober anniversary about a week ago now. So it's been uh, it's been quite the, you know, quite the journey for sure. Yeah, it's so it's so nice to see more men coming into the space. I think generally when I used to think about sobriety, you'd think about the rooms of AA, obviously very male dominated, but then the sober Instagram world, when I first came into that, it was that there's a lot of women like me kind of um, flying the flag for sobriety, the whole mommy wine culture thing. And now to see more of a shift towards a lot of men coming in, is just really exciting because I think it comes back to that stigma around men and their, you know, mental health and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of conversations that still need to be had. So, yeah, I find um, I, I'm seeing that, too, by the way. I'm really seeing like most of my followers are, are, are female and I'm seeing a lot of amazing, strong, powerful women like the two of you who are sharing their stories. And, and I love that female empowerment. I absolutely love it. You know, I have a daughter, so I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you're right. I'm not seeing as many males. Uh, I'm starting to see more than I did maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is definitely a, um, an added pressure, I think, that a lot of males kind of put on themselves to be this, you know, stereotypical, like, macho man, right? And, like, a lot of males, like myself, too, was like, a man doesn't sh- share his emotions. A, a man is is supposed to be strong and a man's supposed to, you know, provide and 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 have it together all the time. Yeah. Um, especially for me, like, you know, I'm half Italian. My dad's my dad is Italian. So especially in the Europeans, too, like he didn't talk too much about his feelings and stuff like that. So it's definitely um, something that that I've been pushing myself to, to do a lot more of. Yeah. Um, and since that, I've kind of been more open and, and pushing myself uh, to be more in, t- in touch with my feelings uh, and uh, that emotional side. It, it's opened so many doors for me. And with my sobriety, it's just made me so much more uh, confident in, in my sobriety and in my journey. Um, it's made a huge difference. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, were you going to say something, Kim? Yeah, I'm actually uh, curious, Luke, about how um, you went about getting sober. Uh, can you tell us about like what you did and and if you know you went maybe uh, the little a little precursor to yeah, a little bit of like, your background. Yeah, so, for sure. His so, background, his story. Yeah, for Nothing sure. So, yeah, you don't have to go. Yeah, too yeah. Much. So I'll get into it. You know, pretty quick. So I I was um, I, I struggled a lot with uh, with moderation. 
So my the way I drank was I was a social drinker. Um, I never drank alone. Um, I never craved alcohol. Like I could I could go a few weeks at a time, but if there was ever like a social event or a social party, um, that's when I kind of my um, my anxiety, my social anxiety would kick in. So at first, like my drinking career, I call it right. I started off, you know, late high school trying to fit in. Right. I wanted to fit in with everyone else. So I was drinking, you know, like most kids, uh, you know, weekends, stuff like that. And then in university, it started to um, I started creating this character that uh, I, I identified as being kind of this fun, um, spontaneous, loud, confident uh, person. Um, so I had the, I created this character and that stayed with me. That stayed with me for a while, actually, after after university and started working full time that I would uh, I'd had a really hard time, you know, controlling my alcohol when I would start drinking. So I started seeing a therapist to help moderating my drinking. And we worked together for a while, quite a bit of meetings, uh, spending a lot of money. You know, therapists are not cheap. And um, and we were moderating my alcohol and we were, we were working on it. And she was making me do things like write down how I was feeling before certain events, checking in with myself, a lot of the basics, like, you know, space you're drinking out, like a lot of like common sense things. And then it wasn't until this another like bad episode where, you know, a lot of like guilt and, and shame would come. And uh, it was around Christmas time. And I decided that I was going to see another therapist. So I went in, like, I went on Google and I found another therapist that was available. I saw him within a couple hours and we were talking and he looked at me and he said, you know, Luke, you, you can never be drinking again. And the way he said it, I had never heard that in my entire life. Um, I was just like, I was so shocked. I'm like, there's no way. Like I'm half Italian, half French Canadian. Like that's our culture. That's what we do. You know, we're big on entertaining, big on having fun. How am I like, do, are you nuts? So I actually debated him in that moment, but I knew like deep down that he was onto something because I had tried to moderate for so long and I kept failing. And it's not like every single time I drank, it was an episode or it was a blackout. No, but it was like, you know, maybe two out of the 10 times or three out of the 10 times, it would be an episode. And that was just, a game, a risky game that I didn't, that I didn't want for myself. Mm -hmm. And things escalated. When I got into drugs, I started using cocaine. And when you start mixing cocaine, um, you know, you, you, I was like becoming this whole other person. What was important to me were not, I was, I had my values. I, I lost my values and I was losing myself. So I was open-minded to trying this, you know, slowing down, like cutting it out for a little bit. And here I am now, you know, six years later, you know, sober, I haven't, you know, it's it's crazy to think about because I still to this day never say, you know, I'm never going to drink again because that's, that scares me. So, but, so when that therapist, the second therapist proposed this idea of cutting out alcohol altogether, that was the catalyst for you actually getting and now staying sober to this day. A hundred percent. You had been waiting almost for like, this door to open or this invitation or someone to affirm like that little voice in your head that was like, I don't know if I want alcohol in my life at all. I was, I was actually ready to just be open-minded. 
-hmm. I think that's what it's about. It's just being open-minded, right? Like you, you don't need to have all the answers right away. Like I still don't have all the answers. I'm still learning every day, but I was, I was ready because I had screwed up so many times. And like, look from the outside, like a lot of my friends were questioning me when I started, like, like, I don't, like, I don't understand, like, you're still working, you, you know, you have a car, you drive, you have, you know, a, a girlfriend, like, from the outside, I didn't look like your typical person struggling with alcohol, right? I had no visible signs of, you know, uh, uh, of like, what we think an alcoholic was. Mm -hmm. But uh, on the inside, I was hurting a lot. I was really hurting. And I was trying to Know, overcompensate and I was I was trying to like always feel and look good so I, I I drank and if you were to be around me in a social situation where I wasn't drinking like you wouldn't see that because I was always drinking right and I was so concerned about how other people were going to look at me and view me so it was um I think we talk a lot about that on here about keeping up this facade and this image uh for others that you know we all did that when we were drinking and we thought uh, you know everyone looks at me a certain way and you're so worried about how others perceive you. Um, and alcohol was, you know, you felt like it was helping you keep it all together. Um, yeah. and I know a lot of people, when I stopped drinking, a lot of people said to me, God, you look like you had everything together. You look like you have the perfect life. Um, and I was like, no, I was like crumbling on the inside. I was barely holding it together. And, only we know that only you can answer yeah. to yourself. Like, you know, if you have that little voice in your head, and I was saying this on the last episode with Jill, if you, if you are hearing that little voice, it only gets to a point where you cannot ignore it any longer. Yeah. 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 And you're, and at that point you're living out of alignment with your authenticity or with like, for me, drugs was a part of my story too. And as soon as that came into the mix with drinking, my moral compass was like shot. So the things, the decisions I made and the things I did became further and further away from the person I claimed I wanted to be or the person I projected myself to be, right? And I think that living out of alignment, it eats away at you over time. Yeah, you know? 100%. So so well said, 100%. And, and that's what, um, you know, same thing with me. It's like, you know, I'm sure we've all, we all hear those stories of people hitting rock bottom, right? Like really things got really dark and they're able to turn it around and you just, you just can't help but feel so amazing. Like so proud of them. Like, wow, what a success story. Like that's absolutely so inspiring. I'm so like amazed by that. And I, I, I love seeing those stories, but you know, my, one of my biggest things, my biggest message and what makes me so passionate and so open about sharing my story is that I want other people to see or hear, you know, my version of the story. It's, it's that I didn't necessarily hit that rock bottom. And you don't need to wait until life gets really bad and really dark where you're losing your job, your partner's leaving you, and things are just like at a place where it's like, it's really, really, really difficult. Like you don't need to wait for that moment. And that's something that I'm so, so, you know, lucky and fortunate for meeting this person at the right time like it was a, I was ready if I had met him a couple of years ago I, I don't think it would have gone the way it did but I, I was I was ready and I was open and and that's when the journey started and I, like I said I never said I'm never going to drink again because that that's very depressing it scares me actually 
-hmm. but I was just kind of taking it day by day and, and that's what I did. And, you know, it's, it's been the best thing that I've ever done for myself ever. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm continuously, continually working on it. I don't take it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has to be that work in progress. I think we all, you know, Kim, I, you talk a lot about this in your book and stuff like you had struggled, had that internal battle for so long and you were, it's like that inner, cause you, in the book, you let us into that inner dialogue of like the battle. And it's so exhausting when you're living that day after day. So you could go out and go to a party. You could be around a group of people in a social function. As far as they're concerned, you're fine. Maybe you're having me and Kim, were both having blackouts and not remembering half mm -hmm. that stuff, but that's a different story. But then you're coming home and you're wrestling with this huge, enormous feeling of being so out of alignment and just being like, yeah. how do I live like this? It's, you feel like a fraud in your own life, you know? Yeah. It's, it, you know, people talk about that cycle and um, yeah, trying to tell yourself on that Monday morning, like, okay, I want to make a change. And yeah, I, I like that word being out of alignment because that's exactly how it felt. And but then you slowly start to slip back into it. And um, it was that yeah. feeling of being so out of control. Um, and it's just that the inner, you know, monologue and the, the fight, the, the, the turmoil. Yeah. turmoil. Um, but it sounds dramatic, but it, it really, you know, what you said, Luke, about not having to hit that rock bottom. I, I know a lot of people, um, when they come into sobriety, later learn that they identify as like a gray area drinker or something. I don't believe I was that like I, I had a definite dependency and stuff on alcohol. But I think it's not a, a this end or that end, a black or white thing, you can decide in the middle of all of that to be like, actually, I just don't want this anymore. I don't want to have to get to that point I can make the decision here and a lot of people don't talk about that because they think as society says you should be able to handle your alcohol like oh if you're not having external repercussions then everything's okay but it's like actually it's not mm -hmm. it's not okay for you then you can make that decision yeah there's there's so much pressure to to drink right it's it's everywhere mm -hmm. and um and you know my, my so a little bit more like just kind of wrapping up on my story so I've been sober for six years. Five of those years, I was in what I call the sober closet. Like mm -hmm. I was not using for five years, but I frankly, my identity didn't change. I was still uh, a drinker, not drinking. Mm -hmm. uh, my mindset hadn't changed. I hadn't grown. Uh, I wasn't, like I said, I was embarrassed of my sobriety. Mm -hmm. I never talked about it. I dodged it. Like even people who were very close to me, colleagues, um, never knew I was sober because I was just, I was just like, you know, having a, a drink, I would never talk about it. Like, why aren't you drinking? I make an excuse or I blend in like I was drinking. You know what I mean? I, I, I wasn't proud. And then when I hit my five-year mark, which was last January, I was just like, wow, five years is a big deal. Why, why don't you share the story and like try to, you know, be proud of yourself for a second and, and maybe you'll, you'll help a couple of people along the way. And I did that. And it's been a year since I've been open and sharing in my experience in the last year of sobriety, I've never had so much um, confidence and I've never been more self-aware. I've never been more, uh, you know, living my authentic life than I am today. And I like, I wonder like, why? It's not because I'm, I'm on social media sharing, but it's because I 
you know, I connected with community. I really made a lot of, <clears throat> I made a lot of sober friends mm-hmm. and I, I shifted from, I shifted my identity to like, I am now sober. Like this is part of who I am. And once you put pride behind your identity, right. It's a, it's a game changer. And I all, I'll do anything in my power to protect my sobriety. And, uh, and since I've done that, it's been so amazing. And that's again, part of why I'm so excited to be speaking with you ladies today. Why I'm so excited to always keep sharing is you don't need to be sober, you know, X amount of days to make that like identity shift in your mind. Mm-hmm. And like, you can do that right away. And when you do, it just makes things so much more beautiful. And this process, the sobriety thing is not just like not using, not drinking. It's truly a transformative process mm-hmm. for your mind, body, and soul. And more than that, it's a path to self-discovery. Right. I have discovered things about myself, especially in the past year and change that I never knew existed within me. And that's the most fulfilling part of this whole thing is that I'm living true to myself. I'm proud of myself and I've come so far. And I like, how could I not want to continue that? And that's like, I feel great. So it's like, yeah, I have bad days. My wife and I still argue, we fight, you know, I still have bad days and a lot of days I'm questioning a lot of things, but at the end of the day, I've made so much progress and I'm so proud of myself that I want to continue. Like it gives me enough to continue for tomorrow, for today, for this moment. And that's how I view this, this whole journey. Yeah. That's awesome. I am so moved by all of that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that there is so much freedom in the authenticity and the vulnerability of the process of sobriety and, and um, embracing it, you know, and I, and I have found that as well. I think for so much of my life and I, and I talk a lot about this also in my book, um, you know, I was so scared of, of how I was perceived by others. And there was this, um, this fear of vulnerability and, and not knowing myself and not knowing who I was and, and sobriety has given me that freedom of finally connecting with who I am and what I want. And also that really is not giving a shit, like what people think of what I'm doing, because I know what I'm doing is helping so many people now. And that means more to me than, you know, the fact that maybe somebody's uncomfortable with the fact that I'm talking about alcohol, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that was one of my questions too, Luke, is like, you you touched on it just now. And that, that was an amazing, just to hear you say that was like, oh, one of those like sort of goosebumps because you think to hear someone step into their power um, from that one decision that you made, but it took you five years to make the next decision to step out of the closet and really embrace that part of your identity. And one of my questions was like, do you think if you hadn't made that decision to recover out loud a year ago that the trajectory of your recovery would be different like do you feel like you were getting stuck in any sort of like rut or I don't know how you would describe it but I'm yeah you know I um the way I'm I view the way I'll answer this question the way I view you know kind of my history with just alcohol drugs like my whole journey is that I truly believe that everything needed to happen for me to be speaking with you today. Like every little good and bad thing, mostly the bad had to happen. Mm -hmm. So I've 
come from a place for forgiveness. I've truly forgiven myself. And that's such an important part of this whole thing. So I've forgiven myself um, and I feel good. So like to answer your question about, you know, would I be here if I wasn't, uh, you know, if I didn't, wasn't vocal or like, or not, I don't, I don't know. All I know is that I wasn't and I am now. And I am so appreciative for that, yeah. you know, that epiphany moment or that, like that real, like deep, you know, transformative process that I went through. I'm not concerned about that because that, that, that already happened good or bad. I am here today. And that's, what's important. And, uh, and it's, and it's been the most, you know, gratifying, uh, thing that I've done in my entire life. And, you know, I have a young family. I got sober before my daughter was born and that became a huge part of like my why, like, why was I open to, 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 to working on myself and going through this? And my why, right. We talk a lot about this. My why was so strong for me mm-hmm. was I wanted to be, you know, a present father. I wanted to be, you know, a, a, a consistent father every single day. My father was a great man, you know, but he struggled a lot with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And one of the things growing up that was hard for me was that he wasn't consistent. He yeah. was a great man, amazing heart, but he wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. So I just, I want to be consistent for my daughter. And she's never met drunk daddy because like I said, I got so before she was born mm-hmm. and it's, um, you know, she's my why. And I keep that so close to me mm-hmm. and it just makes me feel so good that, you know, that, that we have this incredible relationship. And like you just saw it two seconds ago. She came in the room, daddy, I went poo, like with mommy, like she couldn't wait to tell me and yeah. we're so close. Like if I was drinking, like h- how would that look? And that scares me. And I'm glad I, I don't we, have to worry about that. I wish we had that on. I wish we had recorded that, by the way. That was the cutest thing. She is intro. Um, that was really cute. But, you know, it's so... Um, I love that that's your why, Luke, because that that was actually my why. And when I stopped drinking, I I had a six-year-old, eight-year-old, and 10-year-old. So they they did know drunk mommy, sadly. But they, um, you know, I don't think my six and eight-year-old really remember drunk mommy, but because, well, they're eight and 10 now. But um, my oldest definitely did. And, um, you know, like, it's it's hard, but that was, you know, I think two sides, you know, two sides of the situation or two perspectives, like, that was my why that was ultimately what motivated me to stop drinking. So, um, and I think what you said, I have the same mindset as you, that the problem with when we think about if something had happened differently, when we were talking about, if you hadn't made that decision to quote unquote, come out of the closet, people ask me that too. Like, how do you get away from the shame that you feel for the things that happened in the past? And that's really what it's rooted in is the shame because when you think oh if I just if I'd made that decision like my daughter was almost six when I got sober if I'd made that decision when I was a single parent when she was young but I didn't and I'm here today and I'm doing amazing things with my life I'm being an amazing parent and and that's all I can do you know and I think to dwell on that I don't know if it kind of holds us back you know It, it sort of keeps you in that mindset of you are inherently wrong not that this is an ex- a human experience that happened to you and that you can choose to learn and grow from and that we've all made quote unquote mistakes, but do we see them as mistakes in recovery? I see them as opportunities to, like you said, Luke, get curious and start asking yeah. questions. Like maybe this serves me better than this thing does. Maybe this decision would be better for me and my family, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Embra- embracing that vulnerability. Like I was just talking about my son who knew me when I was drinking, you know, there's no, I'm not ashamed of that anymore because I'm able to talk about it with him and we have moved through that and I have done so much work on myself. But like you were saying, Luke, when you were like in the closet and I'm sure that you were still doing, like you weren't like a dry drunk, you were actually like doing work on yourself. You were still going to therapy. Um, but you know, I think that for so much of the shame is yeah. or dealing with the shame is working through that, talking about it and recovering out loud, you know, talking with other people who've also experienced all of the same things that you have really yeah. helps. Um, sort of yeah. Yeah. It. yeah. 100%. You know, they would, it was something I read recently that the path to recovery is the greatest act of self-love that you can do. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe like, that's what it is. Right. It's so much more than just not using mm-hmm. so much more than that. It's, you know, I'm running a, a a coaching session right now for dry January, right? We have 12 people in the group. It's a really intimate group. I mean, tw- twice a week and everyone in the group, you know, when we talked about our whys or like, w- w- like, why are you here? Everyone said, I want to be the best version of myself. And I'm so happy to be connecting with people like that. Cause that's what it's all about. This journey is not just, Hey, I'm going to stop using it's no, I want to maximize my full potential. Mm-hmm. And I want to get it. I want to get myself out of the way of myself in my head. And I want to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I get, I get like, we do these meetings. We finished last at like 10 30 PM. I don't know why I do them so late. Cause I'm so excited and so, you know, fired up. I can't go to sleep. I'm just have so much adrenaline. And that's what the sober community is about. It's about, you know, leaning in, connecting with other people, feeling not alone, hearing someone else's story, relating to it, hearing someone else's story, not relating to it, but it's okay. It's like to, to, to think that you're alone. And that's for those five years that I was in that sober closet, I had not made any sober friends. I had one person in my life who was sober and we, we never even like bonded over it. Now it's like, I'm seeing like, like I'm so vocal about it. Like I'm at a restaurant and the wait, the waiter or waitress asked me about it. I'll get into it. And they'll say that they're sober and you just create this instant bond right away. Like with you ladies, like we've never spoken before, but you know, we understand each other mm-hmm. and uh, we're proud of each other and we're not judging each other. And we're on this path together. And it's like, it's such an amazing thing. It's, and it's, if you're like listening today and you know, you're a bit more quiet or you're not sure, and it doesn't matter how many days you could be one day sober or not even you're th- really thinking about making some changes. It's, it's like make that shift in your mind and make some sober friends and be proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. Be proud of yourself. Yeah. Right. I love yeah. seeing people on social media that have like, I don't know, a day when they start their account and you just see them like grow and grow and you're like, oh, and every day is so exciting. And I, whenever people like that say, um, you know, I look up to people with long-term sobriety. I say, I look up to people with the thought that they want to to get rid of alcohol or the thought that they're questioning their relationship with alcohol or they have a week sober or whatever it is, because I never want to forget where I came from and what that feels like. And that like excitement and momentum that you want them to feel and to be like, like you said, Luke, like it's a, you're not alone. And it's a community of people, no matter where you're at and that you can be in a room full of sober people and feel this commonality and I think that's the human experience behind it yeah yeah true I love it um do we want to shift a little bit to talking about 
your marathon running? Because I had a question, <laughs> uh, well, a couple questions, but one thing I want to know is, were you a marathon runner or a runner before you quit drinking? No, not at all. In fact, um, I hated, in fact, I hated running. Okay. I was always, you know, you know, a, a sports guy. Like I played a lot of hockey growing up, you know, skiing, golf, like I played a lot of sports, but, um, but I, I hated running. I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I, when I got sober, I didn't start running until I think it was my, I was three years sober. Mm. And um, my best friend is uh, into distance sports. And he was kind of saying like, Hey Luke, like you should really think about this running thing. And I was like, ah, I don't know. But again, I was, I was just open to trying different things, right? Like the whole, that self-discovery thing we talked about. I was like, okay, you know what? Why not? I have this time back. You know, I'm not waking up so late. I'm, I'm not going to bed so late. Like, wh what am I doing with this extra time now that I have? And I, I, I did my first race and I was just like, I fell in love with the whole, um, you know, mental aspect of running because running you're by yourself all the time and you're just so into your own thoughts and it's a way to process the day think about things and um and there's so much uh struggle like that that marathon experience or that run you have that voice inside your head that wants to stop but you push through and you persevere it's like it, it, it's like my running and my sobriety they're like my identity and they go so like so well together so mm -hmm. i don't think honestly i don't think i would be sober if i wasn't running i honestly i, I question that because it, it's it's my therapy it is 100% my therapy. And, uh, and it, you know, like there's a running community too. It's in, like the running community and the sober community are some of them. They're my favorite people mm -hmm. because they are open-minded. They're goal-oriented. You know, they're all about growth, pushing themselves outside of what's comfortable. And, and they're all about like lifting each other up. It doesn't matter if you're a marathon runner or a 5K or you just run for fun or you run walk. It doesn't matter. You're putting your shoes on. You're getting outside. And you're pushing yourself and, 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 I, and I'm cheering you on. One of my favorite things to do when I'm running is, like I said, I'm running by myself pretty much all the time is when I see another runner coming towards me, like on a, on a path, I wave to them every single time, unless I'm totally distracted, but I'm waving to them. And I love that connection when they're waving to you back. I, I don't know who you are, where you're from, what you're doing, how fat, like, I don't know nothing about you, but we have that, that mutual respect it, it lifts me up. I'm actually getting goosebumps just, just sharing that. Mm. And it's like, I want to be a part of that. And it's been so much fun. I'm really enjoying, I'm really enjoying the running thing. Mm. There's I so like many parallels that. between sobriety and running. That's really cool. That's what one of my questions was, is like the similarities, but you kind of already touched on that. But I thought there's got to be similarities because to see the way you get fired up about that. And then like when you're in your stories after your meeting with your men's group or whatever, it's like that same spark. I feel it's that same connection to something real and something true yeah. and not when we're drinking and we're, it's problematic drinking, we're removed from that true feeling. It's all on the surface. Everything is like going through the motions and you never look at another human and think and, and feel that bond. You can think that in the moment, it's nothing like the sober connections though. It's mm -hmm. nothing like clean, pure adrenaline, you know, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, you know, I like, 
I get not everyone can run, right? It, it, it's hard on the body. It, it takes a lot of time. Like, I understand that. But the biggest thing and part of my, you know, this process of where I'm just feeling so much better about myself is, like, is I found a hobby. Mm-hmm. I found something that I really enjoy doing. And it doesn't matter what that is, right? That could be anything. But it's just having that other thing that kind of keeps you busy. And like, for me, it's like routine. That's what I love about running too. There's so much routine. It's like, I got my schedule. I know this is what I got to do. So it's like, I'm kind of carving my day around this. So it doesn't have to be running. It could be anything, but it's just another thing for you to just feel joy from. And you may not know what that is. I discovered that in my sobriety, but I was open-minded. I just trying different things. So that's 1000% my recommendation as you're embarking on this journey. It doesn't matter where you are. Just be open to trying different things because you'll be surprised with what you may fall in love with. Right. Totally agree. Some of the things you try, you think, but you would have never done that if you were still drinking. I never wasted my time going to places that didn't even have alcohol or that I couldn't sneak alcohol in my purse or drink in the bathroom or whatever it was. I just would never entertain it. I would never get up early enough to do it. Like I get up at five o'clock, four thirty, five o'clock every morning. I have a little morning routine and movement and things that I have to do. And it's not like strict to the T, but you know what? It is a little bit, there's boundaries around my time in the morning and evening. I'm not a late night person. I don't do interviews at nine o'clock at night. I just say to people, I'm not good then, you know, and that's okay. I would have never, I never said no to anything when I was drinking. I was like, where's the party? Where's the drug? Where's the, you know, thing to do. So, yeah. True. I'm a morning person too now. <laughs> yeah. You always text me at like five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, another crazy person. But you know what? I'm actually not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I never was. Are you an evening person? I feel like I am. My wife is, mm-hmm. she's an evening person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just naturally, like we kind of like, you know, go to bed at around the same time type thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I'm not necessarily a morning person, but I know that, like I'm nowhere near as late as when I was drinking. Cause when I was drinking, you, you go to bed, you know, some days you don't even go to bed, but you, you go to bed really late. So I don't have that. So they, yeah, if I go to bed at say midnight, that's still kind of late, but you know, wake up at, you know, even like seven 30, still not super early, right? Most people you've been up two and a half hours, but I still, I, I still find way to be productive in my yeah, day. I, was gonna say you're I don't have the hangover. You know? Right. I mean, regardless, 7am is still early. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like when I was drinking, I would still be early, right? Yeah, I, am, I would still be drunk, whether I had right. gone down in bed or whatever. I, if I had to get up and do something, take my daughter to the bus stop, chances are there was still alcohol in my system, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it doesn't matter if you're some people are night owls in sobriety, some people are morning people, but it comes back to what you said, Luke. It's like find something. It's not just about getting rid of the alcohol. It's like finding what lights your soul on fire and finding going on that journey journey of self-discovery and being like, okay, I'm open to trying new things. I'm going to try this class with someone, you know, and not thinking to yourself, I'm not the type of person that would ever do yoga. Just, just try it and just see. And, and you never know. And you can be that type of person. You can be any type of person. You don't have to be pigeonholed to something. I was actually talking to somebody about this who stopped drinking and she was struggling to connect with her spouse who still drank, mm-hmm. but she, she was like, we just don't have anything in common. And I was like, well, why don't you both try doing like go play tennis or pickleball or go rock climbing or take a yoga class together. Do something like both of you try a new activity together. And, mm-hmm. um, 
I think a lot of people, you know, struggle with that. Just like, what do I do with all this time? You know, when you used to be drinking and mm-hmm. get your partner or your spouse or grab a friend if you're too scared to go to that yoga class alone, you know? It's like Yeah. Yeah, my my like, wife my wife still drinks. Um, but she's she doesn't have a problem with alcohol like I have a problem with alcohol. Like she she one rarely drinks, but when she does, she has the off switch that I just don't have, or I just I don't know where to find it. Um, so I, I that's the thing is this is my journey that I'm on. You know, I'm never making her bad for feel bad for drinking because like she doesn't have a problem with it, right? Uh, and my wife is not a runner; she doesn't run. So it's like you think, okay, like you know, I'm on this sober journey and I'm a runner, and my wife isn't. So how are we still so close? But it's it's that um, you know we still have we're still connecting in ways we weren't before because yeah. she's not dealing with someone like me who's struggling with alcohol in and out of you know his head all the time. So we're closer than we've ever been. Um, and like you said, finding something else to do together. We love riding our bikes um, with our daughter behind the Thule, like this chariot. Oh, so yeah. we're always, <laughs> you know, in the summer, especially riding our bikes together in the city, uh, stopping for picnic. Um, and frankly, I, as I've been getting into running more, my wife is now getting into like, uh, she enjoys um, like fitness classes, like kind of like the boot boot camp type classes, like Fit Factory in Toronto. It's like a so she yeah. she goes there and she and she's feeling so um so excited going there and I love supporting her doing that it doesn't have to be the same thing I'm doing but I'm sort of I like to think rubbing off on her a little bit and she's you know been rubbing off on me for years so finally I feel like I'm <laughs> giving back a little bit but uh you know you don't have to be on the same path together side by side all the time and that's and that's okay and okay. I think I think you can sh- um show up better like you were saying doing the thing like doing the running allows you to come home and have that clear head and have that space in your brain that mental space that drinking didn't allow you to have where you can really connect with her on different levels you guys can have intellectual or emotional conversations and and it feels safe to you as opposed to when you're drinking and you just really want to avoid any type of you know closeness because you don't want people to discover who you really are or what you're really struggling with right And I think it just takes that all of us have spouses who still drink. And my husband hasn't drank in probably almost two years, right? Just because he hasn't felt the desire to. But we we got married in Vegas. We've been to Vegas twice since I've been sober. He has opportunities if he wants to because he doesn't struggle with it. And, And the things I've discovered about myself since then make me a far more present wife, partner, mother, all those things, you know. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Kim, do you have anything? Hey, I don't have anything else to say. This has been great. Thank you, Luke, so much. Uh, for this is so nice to have you on here. For sure. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I always, um, you know, whenever I do these things, you know, I always, I feel like so good when I finish because I just, I just feel good about myself. And that's the most, like, that's, that's the thing that why I love, you know, sharing and being so open. Yeah, I love helping people. Don't get me wrong. I get like getting messages and like things like that. Like it feels really good. But like, I love feeling good about myself and being proud of who I am and what I stand for. And that there's no better feeling. And like, that's that, you know, finding yourself, that self-discovery, that authenticity. It's a, it's such an amazing thing. And I'm, and I'm pushing myself so much to 
Like this is, you know, at the beginning, especially this is so outside my comfort zone. Like I was really pushing myself, you know, speaking like all these things, but like, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, like we were talking about, I've discovered so many things about myself that I never knew were there. And that's what this journey is about. And I'm just so glad to be on this journey. I'm so happy to have connected with you. I've, I've, I've made so many sober friends that I consider my close friends. And it's something that, you know, we're going to be continuing to, you know, support each other uh, lift each other up and it's a really amazing club that we're a part of that I'm so proud to be a part of so mm-hmm. thank you so much for having me ladies I really appreciate it awesome this Thanks. is amazing thank you for being here and for taking this time and can you let people know where they can find you if they're not I mean we'll have show notes but is there anything that you want to share with listeners yeah it's just my uh Instagram account I'm getting into sober coaching as well I'm getting going through the process of getting my uh, recovery certification, but I want to, I'm on this mission to help as many people as I can. And you know what, I'm going, I'm going into this full time. I'm leaving my corporate job. This is, this is a passion of mine. It's scary. I've taken the safe bet my entire life working corporate America for over, you know, close to 20 years, large you know, global organizations. And I was never fulfilled. I was never fulfilled the way I am today. And it's not about the money. It can't always be about the money. Yeah. It cannot be always about the money. So I'm I'm taking a chance. I'm going all in. I, I'm scared. I'm still so scared. I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'm just so pumped. Mm. I love helping people. I love meeting new people. I love pushing people. I love, you know, helping them find the best within themselves. For me, there's no better feeling. So I'm going to continue doing this. You're not, this is not going to be the last you're going to hear from me. Um, and, uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Head tingles when you were saying that. Uh, well, what an honor it was to have you here with us and grateful for the opportunity to learn more about you too. I mean, I, I follow you on social media and watch your videos and stuff, but I think it's always nice to get that sort of inner circle kind of um, view to things. So thank you for your time today. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you everybody and have a great weekend sober. Talk to you soon.